else. Oh, we're blessed, Timmy. Uh, Greg Ritchie, well, features heavily in the 80s. People forget, 30 tests, three tonnes. Made over 10,000 runs, first-class cricket. Uh, he's better known to us as Mahatma Coat. Put a lot of smiles on a lot of faces. Oh, mate. We love him as Fat Cat. Great man, how are you? Hey, g'day, guys. How are you? What a good day to do an interview, Melbourne Cup Day. What a run. <laughs> what, a, what a run without a fight. Um, thumbs up the Indian side of the early 80s uh, quite convincingly. I don't know. Hey, did you pick the Cup winner? Uh, no, I I did not. I was on Sulcum. Um, I thought it had a good chance. I had my trifecta was one three six nine oh, and uh, three six and I boxed those four three six and fourteen. So it wasn't mm. far out. Mm. But you know what? Um, it just is. Hey guys, I'm sure you agree. Uh, Eighty eight thousand. I think they're calling wow. it uh, at Flemington. It's an unbelievable day. It makes me very proud to be Australian and uh, takes takes me back to that era of cricket that you're talking about. Yeah. 1980s when I was bloody proud to be an Australian in those days and fortunate enough, pardon me, to be selected um, in that uh, Australian team. Um, a, a, a different time in cricket for Australia. <laughs> we started... Um, in the 19, early 1980s, I played in the Ashes Series in 82, uh, where with Lily, uh, Marsh, Chapel, Thompson, Border, wow. great Australian side. We won the Ashes Series. I then toured Pakistan, where we didn't have, <coughs> pardon me, all of those players. Uh, we lost that convincingly. And then we came home in 84, and the big three, Lily, mm, uh, yes. Chapel, Chapel, Marsh, Pulled out, and then they picked the side to go to England in 1985. I was one of the original 16 selected in that side, and the next day, nine of them pulled out to go to South Africa. That's right. So, so oh, we, the Rebel Tour. We, yeah, we, lo- we lost um, we lost nine players for three years. Many of them, uh, our best bowlers, uh, Rackerman, of the Ilk, Rackerman, Maguire, mm. Rodney Hogg, McCurdy, yeah, Rod Hogg, yeah. 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 Rodney Hogg, who I rated as oh, one of the yeah. great bowlers in Australia. Um, so we went to England in 1985 with a much depleted bowling attack. We recalled Jeff Thompson, past his best. Uh, we had Jeff Lawson, stress fracture in his back. Oh, we had 19-year-old Craig McDermott, straight uh, out of Ipswich Grammar School, um, <laughs> opening mm. the bowler. And then we had Simon O'Donnell who yes. would not get me out today, and I'm 63. <laughs> so you're telling me it was a tough Ashes. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tough Ashes. We did uh, pretty well, but do you know what? I made some great mates, apart from Simon O'Donnell, um, and then, then the rest of it, yeah, we had it. No, we had a, we had a terrific time, and then uh, the boys went back in 1989, won the Ashes back, so it was that. They, they called it ten turbulent years. I think mm. someone wrote a book about it, and it okay. was it was a sad time, but it was a happy time, and it was a great time. People asked me, "Fakab, what was it actually like?" And I said, "Well, oh, an analogy. It was like being in the Rolling Stones for ten years. There were no <laughs> mobile phones. <laughs> uh, there were lots of there was lots of willing and able uh, people to greet you and meet you." I'm no longer married to my first wife, so I can go nuts and tell you stories <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. Uh, no, it was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> just a great time, as you can tell. 
I'm pretty happy being at the Melbourne Cup at the present time. So. Are, you, are you in the are you in the bird cage? Uh, no, I'm not. They've uh, there's they've a cat. You can't go in there. Yeah, and I and I have tried to eat a few of the people in there. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> hey, 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 Greg. Um, would 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 you have rather have played in the eighties or the era now? Because you'd be a zillionaire now. Nah, uh, you, you, let me tell you something. I don't share this too often, but I, I like to get it out there because, you know, I think people need to understand. We hear Ricky Ponding buying a $23 million house and we hear of Shane Watson with $15 million houses in Bondi. Um, in 1982, I married my first wife. And in 1984, uh, I was part of the group of players who received their first ever contract for Australian cricket. Okay. Um, and mine was in the vicinity of 80000 85000 mm-hmm. I per year, then you got your little bat company bonuses and a few other things. So it might have got up to around about hundred grand. You know what? I built, bought a beautiful four-bedroom house that I was so proud of at, in, at 24 years of age. Um, it was an A.V. Jennings home. It had four bedrooms, split <laughs> level. I just could not believe that a boy from Toowoomba would ever live in something like this. Yeah. And you know what it cost me? It cost me the princely sum of $72,000. Wow. So my point is that if you purchase a house in Melbourne, you know, in the good suburbs and all the rest of it, it's probably going to cost you... Five to eight million. A lot of us can't believe that you could have that much money to pay for it. Mm. But the cricketers these days, they're probably earning that sort of figure to play test cricket and then to go and play IPL and all the rest of it. So in, in relative terms, we weren't being paid so poorly. I was okay. never unhappy. I was so happy, um, to, to earn good money. My my dear old dad, still alive, 86, was uh, a slaughterman for the majority of his life. He, yeah. he, he never saw, you know, so I grew up in a housing commission home. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so pleased for the opportunity that cricket gave me to earn a few quid. And then uh, you had to work. I worked the majority of the time when I played cricket for Australia. And then it, it opened some doors. I worked in the media. I had a bit of a character, Mahatma Cody, who worked for 20 years mm, on legend. radio and all around Australia. And then I bloody gave all that money away to my first wife in a divorce settlement. So I'm back to shit now. But anyway, you know, that's, that's the way that life goes. It's a full, it's a full circle, isn't it? I love it. Uh, yeah, Greg, what about uh, your old mate that lives here? Of course, he always talks about his debut, uh, the great Wayne Flipper Phillips. Um, yeah, always... fifty nine. Yeah, I yeah, believe on debut, so. I believe on debut, so. Fat cat. What about his story? Yeah. He always tells about you two sleeping in and then having to field at third man, but go from third man yeah. to third man. Is it? How, how much does yeah, he that... embellish that one? No, that was an unfortunate scenario, and a lot of, the, a lot, a lot of that was to do with uh, myself. Uh, that occurred in a place called St. Kitts in the West Indies. In the West Indies Not entirely the fault of Phillips and Richie, and I'll just, I'll just tell you very quickly. But cr- Cricket Australia, this is where the game has changed a bit in terms of how much they earn. Um, uh, uh, Cricket Australia flew us to the West Indies, um, a magnificent route. 
down the back of the plane, and it took 51 hours oh. to get there. And I don't exaggerate. We went, um, firstly, started in Sydney. We went Sydney, Melbourne, did a press conference. Melbourne to, blessed, uh, I don't know, uh, I reckon, no, Los Angeles. Okay. Oh, Melbourne, Melbourne, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, New York. New York for four hours, and not in a lounge. We slept on the floor oh, in the boarding area. Oh, uh, um, New, then New York to Miami. We had a few hours in Miami. We went Miami to um, Barbados, Barbados, St. Kitts. And we were there in, oh, no time, 51 hours. <laughs> <laughs> that was the entire travel time. Oh, and we God. probably had a few drinks, water and coats on the way, so we were full of sugar and that sort of thing. And um, we we arrived <laughs> we arrived at St. Kitts, uh, not knowing what day it was, really where we were. And a guy called Chuck Norris was filming a movie called Missing in Action. Wow. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. And he was, he unfortunately was staying in the same hotel that we were, so he had a lot of. Um, American people with him, some of whom look bloody attractive, and um, we we actually um, decided to have a drink with them as soon as we got there. The game was starting two days later. We were a bit tired the next day. Kim Hughes, in uh, as you do when you're captain of Australia, decided he'd take us on an 8K run the next oh, stop day, it. which we went for, and then we all came home, went to sleep. Now... When we woke up, it was round about 11 o'clock at night, um, majority of us, with the game starting the next day, and you're just wide awake, jet lag, all the rest. So I went down to the, the area where we'd met Chuck Norris and his group the night before, and oh, blow me down if there weren't the same people who sitting in there <laughs> who, who, I, <laughs> who I had met the night before, and two of whom were bloody attractive, and... Um, I agreed to go back to their hotel and have a few more drinks with them. And they said, why don't you have a lay down here, Greg? And I said, well, why don't I? And um, <laughs> that was Flipper, it. Flipper was waiting for me to come home. I said, I'll get the reminder call. Well, I got back to my facility around about 6 a.m. in the morning, um, trained to the minute, ready to go for that first match against St. Kitts. Um, Phillips was asleep and I thought, I won't need a reminder call. I'll be awake in another hour to go. Well, when Colin Egar and Rodney Hogg and Jeff Lawson appeared over the tops of our bed at 11.15 that morning, they said, hey, g'day, guys, how are you? And we said, yeah, good. Jesus, what time is it? They said, it's 11.15. The game started at about 45 minutes ago. What is <laughs> Yeah, not good. No. Um, no. Not good, but... Anyway, we got a couple of T-shirts from Chuck who heard about the story and with Missing in Action, which we were. Kim <laughs> Hughes said to us, <laughs> the first session from fine leg to third man, were walking off the ground. He was standing at the gate at lunchtime. And the team had walked off. No one was talking to us. And as we walked off, he was standing at the gate, you know, waiting to get up to the players' facility, and he said, as long as I am captain of Australia, that will never happen again. And I just looked at him and I said, oh, 
if we tour West Indies again, Kim, I can't promise that. Now, now before we let you go, because you're going to make our team the 80s, well, the, the listeners voted in and they'll vote Correct. again. Had a mighty career. Mahat McCote, we don't want him to be retired. Is it coming back? Could we have a reunion? No. Is, is it dead? No. Is political correctness killed it? Well, it has killed it. It's illegal now to depict yourself as another race, particularly one of colour, uh, which is disappointing because Mahatma Coat was always made, if those of the left, the woke left, um, could understand, he was, in fact, like so many of Australians, 180,000 next year, in fact, who were immigrants who were being asked to assimilate into Australian culture. Mm. Mahatma was one of those. Yes, he was. But everyone said, oh, no, he's... I mean, Mahatma was the assistant coach for the Australian cricket team, the assistant coach for Queensland State of Origin team. He was an ingratiating, lovely Indian who just loved the Australian way of life. His family, the, the cousins, yeah. the pants family, the yeah. Fatima pants, she pissed her pants... <laughs> Um, Auntie Undira pants, their two nephews, Shatmer and Crapman pants, all have made wonderful lives for themselves here in Australia. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, and, and they've assimilated into our society. So why you would ever ban that uh, yeah, when it was the perfect example of immigrants coming to Australia, largely as they did uh, back in the 40s or 50s and 60s, uh, the Italians and Greeks, who have helped make the great country that More we have true. today, Australia. Yeah. Greg, love you, mate. You're in the team. Well done. Um, and uh, <laughs> I love that cheeky little laugh of yours. You are a scallywag, oh, the biggest there's ever been, Greg. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm a scallywag. I'll finish on this. After my grandfather, Sergeant Alec Ritchie, who yeah. was a tank driver and fought Rommel. I love him. I love him, and I love all his mates, and they gave us the great country You're we have. Good man. Hey, it's a great pleasure to talk to you. I love well done, Adelaide. Can't come back anymore to do Mahatma, but I, I get the opportunity to come down every now and then play with Phillips, and I take his money at Royal Adelaide. So, <laughs> great talking to you, boys. Good on you, See fat cat. Well done, mate. You're a legend. You. Thanks, mate. Greg Ritchie, um, 30 tests, 3 tonnes, test cap 315, 10,170 runs. He replaced AB as captain of Queensland. People forget mm, that. Mm. He was revered in the oh, 80s and he's a ripper.